Also from Lush Podcast, the John Robb Tapes. Punk legend John Robb digs through his cassette tapes to bring you exclusive interviews with other musical icons. Some are from The Vault and some are brand spanking new. Find the John Robb Tapes wherever you find podcasts and on the Lush Player. Welcome to the Lush Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Graham. I'm joined by my amazing, fabulous, phenomenal co-host, Nula Davies. Woo, hello. Coming up in today's episode, we'll be talking about getting naked, mostly about products, but also a bit about bodies. Also within this episode, we'll be taking a listen to some sound clips from experts. We have Giles Verdon from the Earthcare team about our alternative packaging, founder Mo Constantine and inventor Dan Campbell on why we're going naked, we also hear about argan oil harvesting and production from a women's co-op in Morocco. And lastly, we hear about our cork pots with Nick Gummery from the buying team. Enjoy. Uh, where are we? We, we never do this. Uh, we're in the best city in the world. We're in Belfast. Oh, no. <laughs> Nula has become confused. With Liverpool. No, uh, Belfast is actually the best city in the world. Just... I'm killing you the in look, silence. The look, if, I mean, I, we, we all know how podcasts work at this stage in the game. But if you could <laughs> see, if you could see this, the glare I just received from this woman across the microphone. We're in Belfast. We're in Belfast. You're here. And sometimes people say about, like, we're, we're actually sat opposite each other, which is good for people to know. They thought, could have thought that we were sat back to back. Okay. I where is this going? We're in a room. I just, you know, I'm I'm setting the scene. Set the scene. Set, set the, the scene. scene for the people. We're in a room. What we're we talking about today, Olivia. Ah, today we're talking about naked. <laughs> okay, cool. Today's podcast is all about getting and being naked. Amazing. That's one of my favourite things. So Nula. <laughs> well, great, you're a perfect co-host. I am. What do you think of when you think of naked? I first of all actually think about burlesque. And being a burlesque groomer oh. and getting naked a lot. And then secondly, because of Lush, I think about naked products. Okay. So it's a real a real mix of things when you ask me that. Yeah. Yeah. You're a great person to ask. So obviously, yeah, we work for Lush and Lush have a lot of products that are without packaging. Yeah. And we call our products without packaging naked products. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd start with a game. <laughs> of course you did. So we're going to play a little game of We're Still in High School and it's Snog, Marry, Avoid. Oh, okay. And for those of you that have never played Snog, Marry, Avoid, conventionally you would name three people's names. They can be famous, not famous, people you know, whatever. The person has to answer if they would snog the person, marry the person or avoid the person. Okay. Conventionally it's it's played with people. Yes. But we're going to play it because we're from Lush. Oh, I know where this is going. With naked Lush products. Oh. So, and obviously like conceptually, it's a conceptual game. We're all creatives. It's not actually, you're not actually going to snog. Marry or, or avoid, avoid any of them. But, you know, to, to, to the same extent. Okay. You know, a similar extent. So, snog, marry, avoid. This is <laughs> actually on reflection. This is so much me in this first round. Okay. Big blue. Okay. Bath bomb. Peach bath bomb or full of grace face serum. Okay. I would, so I have to answer? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. No, no, the other person in the room answers. Uh, I would avoid big blue. Purely because, purely because of the seaweed. I don't want to marry or snog anything with that much seaweed in it. Okay. That's a, Which is I fair. Mean, that's, yeah. And it's salty. Okay. Um, I would snog peach bath bomb because it's cheeky and it's sassy. Okay, yeah. And I think I could have a good a good time. And I would marry, <laughs> I would marry full of grace because it's reliable and dependable and, and, I, 
and I know what it's going to give me every time that sweet smooth silky skin that I want and that dewy fresh face okay. and I know it I know it's reliable and it's a staple it's going to give me that every single time okay we'll do one more and then maybe some more into this is so deep yes such deep much emotions <laughs> It's also like a big cold tea, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm a total loser. Snog Maria Void, the Nula Davies edition. Golden pear soap. Blue skies bubble bar or Hercules That's hair mask. all my favourite things and you know what? Yeah, I like to play a game of pain. <laughs> I don't want to avoid any of those things. Um, I would marry blue skies because blue skies is great. Okay. Um, I would snog golden pear and I'd let Hercules go and weep as I did. So that's my answer. Okay, I'm not okay with it, but that's my answer. Well, thanks. Thanks for being a good sport. (laughs) I'm the the opposite of of a good sport. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) that was a great kind of weird game. Yay! You took it really seriously. I did. I did. I I always do. I love a game. And for those of you at home, Mula is crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so first clip. Okay. Good timing because I thought, oh, I could talk about naked products or. We could hear from Giles from the Earthcare team talking to Richie Brave, who, by the way, has a great... Good um, radio voice. Radio, radio voice. <laughs> There's the word I was looking for. Um, and they talk about the future of packaging. Are you ready? Born ready. So we've kind of spoken about, um, you know, going naked and the fact that Lush has always been in that direction and we're mm. moving even further into that direction. What reasons, from a packaging perspective, would you give people at home for going naked? I think it's... It's, it's about your own personal impact. You know, if you don't bring packaging into your house, you don't have to worry about how it comes out of your house. So if you can, if you can start uh, reducing your impact, if we all did it, if we all... One of the things I was thinking about the other day and sort of trying to describe to people is, if, for example, with... Take water bottles, for example. If you were to buy a water bottle every day, mm-hmm. um, that's 365 days of, of, of impact. If you took that water bottle and the one you bought yesterday, you wash out and use again today, You've suddenly halved your impact. Now, if everyone did that, just think how much less plastic we'd use. Absolutely. And, and that's the sort of thinking people need to start, start bringing into their into the equation. And naked packaging helps that. You, uh, sorry, naked product helps that because you, you suddenly aren't creating a problem for yourself to deal with. Mm. You don't have to worry about it at home. So I guess from a consumer's perspective, it's, you, know, you need to stop looking at yourself as an individual and look at the wider impact that you know you're having on others through packaging and maybe the way that you're using it. Completely, and and to and to recognise things that throwing it away isn't away. It's just it's it's still there. It's, it's still just there. you can't see it. And if you if you if we if we take responsibility for that and make it our problem, um, impact and reducing it. That's that's good. Oh, that was lovely. I think Giles really hits the nail on the head when he talks about like reducing it from the source almost. Mm. So like not if you cannot have packaging in the first place then it means you don't have to think about where it's going yeah so like just as a side note jazz also has a great radio voice (laughs) just want to get that out there yeah i also think he's right if you if we see plastic as a problem then eliminate the problem of of like what to do with plastic by not getting the plastic in the first place yeah and it's really hard to do in in the world we live in like especially if you i noticed a lot because this year i've traveled a lot and I noticed, like, on aeroplanes and stuff like that, like, we've become so, like, single-use in, in so many ways. Yeah. Like, whereas, like, you know, it's like looking back to look forward. Like, back in the day, you made do and you fixed stuff and you used it over and over mm-hmm. again. Whereas now we have this disposable and, you know, especially if stuff's, like, cheap, 
it's like just buy another one buy another yeah. one buy another one so it's like what little steps can you make to reduce to reduce your plastic intake in the first place so that you're not having to worry about where it's going and if you do have to use plastics how can you reuse them in other ways yeah and so obviously and get just getting stuff naked veg is like the wildest thing that it comes in plastic because it just makes it sweat and you're like no one wants to have plastic around veg so that it sweats and goes off i was in a popular supermarket chain the other day buying some snacks <laughs> Which, snacks? snacks i was buying i wanted some apples right and i thought I, I just wanted a couple i didn't want to carry a whole bag of apples around in my bag mm. it's like i buy one for now one for later and i was having a look around they had pink lady apples cut up and put into a plastic bag like a silly plastic bag oh, and I was like fruit and veg are the only thing that come with their own natural packaging it has a skin on it for a reason yeah, yeah. why would you cut it up and put it in plastic <laughs> it's so bizarre the problem is because we've had this abundance and this like affluent kind of attitude for the last time many ever years we haven't really thought about it now until it's become a problem. Yeah. And a part of it is supply and demand. We live in an era where people, we're so privileged, we have the abundance of choice. So people are always going to be able to choose what they want and what yeah. they don't want. People will always want things in plastic. Okay, how can we make that plastic, first of all, reusable and recyclable if people do choose to use it? But second of all, how can we make the product so good without the plastic that it's there's no question? Absolute five-star segue. Oh, did I do it? Did yeah. I, read your, I read your mind? Normally you read my mind. I did it. You did it. Oh, so the next oh, it clip... it feels so powerful. Sorry. Yeah, it does feel good to be a mind reader. Yeah, it does. So the next clip is looking at why we've chosen to go naked with our products. Cool. And it's available on Lush Player, again. And it's Jiggly doing an interview with the inventors and creators of the Creative Showcase. Should we FYI who Jiggly is? Yeah. Jiggly Paul is an amazing human. Jiggly is the person in... Uh, last digital that you go to who is in the know about all the products and he like works with the amazing writing team to make all the snazzy little Shnazzy. captions and names and and he's just generally a magical human fantastic just oh. wanted to give him that little shout out so back in 2017 jack gave the aim of releasing all the christmas products naked where possible or with a naked version and this is what dan campbell had to say when, when Jack came in and sort of initially gave us the, uh, the brief, the, I think that my mind initially went to, went to Snow Fair. It's like, how do you make that into a, um, into a naked product? And um, I think one of the key things that the, the Jack and Mo have both highlighted is that naked products have to be as good, if not better, than uh, for, as a, as a, as a using, using experience, have to be as good as the liquid, otherwise there's no reason to switch. As much as a product is worthy, if it doesn't function, it, you know, it's got to be good customer service, the product has to be brilliant. So I think that's where I started from, particularly with the, the naked shower gel, uh, was how do I um, sort of capture the functionality of this product in a solid product? So I knew that I would have to be using similar ingredients, a similar base, it just came to down to what material I would use to solidify that that would keep the, the functionality so you can wash your hair with it. It behaves and functions exactly like the liquid version. It just happens to be solid. So the product is basically the same. So you've got a choice. You love Snow Fairy. You can then decide whether you want it this or this. So it's exactly uh, like you're using it. Or that, yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that was part of the, the fun of the brief 
is get, being challenged to do something that's sort of like an idea that maybe sit in your back of your head for a while, but like, oh, that um, sounds a bit hard, so I might not do that. But with Jack, sort of like, after he left, the rest of us in the lab were just sort of like, sort of like gently stroking our chins and thinking about the, the, the best way of doing stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we ended up. And can then I, things like, oh, on, Can I just interject? You like that, don't you? Yes. Um, all, all I want to just put, uh, you know, reinforce is the fact that um, it is a concentrated um, product, so there's no water in it, so you add the water when you use it. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing with a bottled product is that 40 to 50% of the cost is to the packaging. So we've taken that amount of money and, and introduced that into the quality of the materials. And so the final thing you get is, I don't think there's a huge difference in the prices. I haven't memorised the prices. but it's, Is it slightly cheaper? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. good price, good amount of content, no wastage at the end. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just works incredibly well. It's the way to go. Great. Okay, so obviously was very cynical of naked shower gels and said what everyone else says. Isn't that just so? In the shape of a bottle. So, tried it, yep. etc. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely different. Well, I I don't like using soap on my whole body. So, used it and it is great. You, Defo goes, like, just from not knowing. I mean, shortly after I give some personal information i'm of course going to bring facts and science to the table <laughs> as my role as the scientist bring, bring the facts and science um but personally i feel like it goes a bit further and it's a bit richer and i actually don't like using shower gels because i feel like it just disappears mm. so i'm all about solid stuff in the shower that isn't soap mm -hmm. as mo said and dan said they work in exactly the same way we've removed the packaging so more emphasis can go on the ingredients and there's no water mm -hmm. so water's like all filler no killer really like when you think about if you get a double espresso and you make it an Americano, you're watering it down. Mm -hmm. So, science and facts. Here she goes. <laughs> In 2016, we sold over 5 million bottles of shower gel. If just half of the customers who purchased these bottles switched to naked shower gels, we could save approximately 2.6 million bottles from ending, up, from ending up in landfill. That's crazy. That's something worth going naked and for. And that's just us. That's, that's just, just us. So soap can be made using a variety of different ingredients. As a soap base, you'll find a mixture of rapeseed, coconut oil, and majority of lush soaps, as well as argan oil and olive oil in the gourmet ranges. The ingredients that make the solid is a sodium stearate. We use this ingredient in our naked deodorants as well as it thickens and helps harden the mix, eliminating the need for packaging. Propylene glycol has also been added to the mix. I'm not reading this from anything. It's actually in my brain. <laughs> Science with Olivia Graham. It's also a humectant, which draws moisture yep. in, like honey. So that's why honey is great in skincare. That will help to attract and retain moisture in the skin. Oh, I just said what was coming from my brain. It also <laughs> reduces bacteria growth and has been added to make the naked shower gels. Da-da-da-da! Self-preserving. Yay! Fantastic. That's cool. So amazing about amazing about i just think the best thing is like remove the packaging and replace it with dead nice ingredients yeah and apparently maybe i don't know there's some exciting naked shower gels Ooh. maybe coming soon Ooh. i mean whenever i actually stop and think about my favorite products or the things that i use on a really regular basis they all are naked mm -hmm. so like aromaco i use aromaco every day as my deodorant. Nice. Full of grace. Best. On the face. Full of grace on the face. You know, so all the all the staples, 
and I this is going to sound so ignorant but I primarily choose them for their their benefit or their purpose or their use over the fact that they're naked which now I need to start in terms of shower gel because it's it's become habit and commonplace that you pick up a bottle of shower gel so like the other day I was going through some old products that I had you know just like if you work for Lush you have that secret cupboard in your house that's just Mm. got it's like a mystery a whirlwind you don't know what's in there you don't know what Christmas it's come from um and I found like a snow fairy naked shower gel from last year and now it's it's sitting in my bathroom on a little like a lovely little plate and I use it and I'm like it's lasting forever and it leaves me just as creamy and smooth and nice and also getting shampoo <laughs> gonna sound like the laziest thing in the world but sometimes it's a little bit of a pain to get shower gel out of a bottle <laughs> and, I, and that's all i'll say and it, it just it just, and it's yeah. slippy and yeah it's i think it's just really interesting i hadn't thought about that before I'm you know just... that the that my staples and go-to are all naked what are your favorite naked products Full of grace, hundred mm-hmm. percent. That that I would marry. Full of grace. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> but you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> you didn't marry it, did I you? I did marry oh, it. You did marry it. I said it was a staple that would always give me what I needed. Oh yeah, I remember now. That conversation we had four seconds ago. <laughs> um, full of grace. I I really like the shampoo bars. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. sometimes you just mix it up as yeah. well. Mix it up. So, unfortunately, there has been absolutely no segue into this oh, section. Oh, I thought, I really thought I was going to read your mind again, but no, you can't have it all. So, when thinking of naked, of course, mm-hmm. we think of products, but we also think of bodies. So, I, last, in last week's episode, I would like to quote myself. Okay, go for it. Talking about bodies. Yes. So, I said that I don't like to use bath bombs. I don't like to always use bath bombs in baths because... It's like one of the only times I'm like completely alone with my body in the winter more yep. than um, the warmer months. Um, and so I was thinking about that and then thinking that I'd recently been on holiday to a beach and my friend Sophie was like, it's so strange how we're all just around each other now with like next to no clothes on. But in the UK, we're like so prude about our bodies and she was like, is it because we're not around each other with no clothes on because it's like not sunny enough? Or is that what causes us to be prude or are we prude and then we don't have like less clothes on or whatever? So I was just thinking about that in general. And then I came across an article on the Lush website. I actually then watched We The Bathers, which does have a lot of nudity in it. And it's great and very well filmed and it's a great film. very, very moving. And then I came across an article on the Lush website by Michelle Elman called Naked and Afraid, Public Bathing and Body Confidence. And in it, she talks about how studies have shown, and there's a link to the study, that exposure to naked bodies and participation and participation in naturalist activities not only improves body image and self-esteem, they can lead to a greater sense of satisfaction with life. Mm-hmm. So unbeknownst to me scientifically I was like oh it makes me feel better when I'm alone with my body and just really would like to share something from this article she says there is an illusion that being body confident means you look in the mirror each day and exclaim how much you love yourself but what I found is that people who truly love their bodies spend the least amount of time thinking about them and the most using their bodies as a vehicle for enjoyment yep I can totally relate to that and I'm gonna tell you a story about when I started doing burlesque the reason I started doing burlesque was because I wanted to take ownership of my body in a public space. 
it was an, an outlet in which I had creative control and I had control of my body. So I got to say, I got, I got to call the shots with how people visualized it, how people, maybe not always how people felt about it, but it was, it was my space to hold. And I found that really empowering. Like everybody, everybody, should be celebrated and loved because it's beautiful yeah fantastic and I we, mean exactly like the we, exactly fantastic exactly fantastic and I love that about we the bathers you know oh, it, yeah. it's just bodies and that's that those are the bodies that we should see every day in the media and also but we we really don't see like the more marginalized your community is the less you're visible in the yeah. media yeah and basically our bodies are used against us to further oppress us I think yeah Wow. So deep. I know. So deep much emotion. Um, I love it. That's one thing I also want to talk about. Yep. Along this line, maybe, Mm -hmm. is uh, makeup. Yeah, okay. And how there's a, you know, there's loads of conversations around makeup, but I I do it for me. Yeah. Fliss Mitchell wrote a great piece, um, but one of the lines in it was, nothing about me is for you, which I just was like. Oh, I love that. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Imagine if we could all harness that in our lives a little bit more. Yeah. I wish I could. I'm awful for that yeah sometimes I think sometimes I think with makeup I try to you know a lot of for me my makeup is expression of creativity and color whenever I'm doing like you know looks for like festivals or doing gigs and stuff and also like if you I just think doing something that makes me feel good like it's that Roald Dahl quote isn't it if you have good thoughts they'll shine out of your face like sunbeams and you'll always look lovely yeah Oh, you look so smiley when you said that. Um, it's my inner child being like, I want Quentin Blake to draw me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so one makeup thing that I wanted to talk about uh-huh. was the glow sticks. Okay. Conceptually, great. Mm-hmm. I really like the one called Robin. Is it because you love Robin also? Oh, the singer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big part of it. I've seen it twice this year. Heartbreak disco. Um, but one thing, like, obviously we had, we've kind of had this conversation about makeup, but also the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I'm like buzzed off the last episode when we heard Jack say he got the goddess bath bomb and he didn't just want to do something that was like, hey, feel empowered. But he make so, made sure that the ingredients were sourced from women's groups. So found out the glow sticks. They've got extra virgin coconut oil sourced from Nias in Indonesia. And the foundation is not, it's from a foundation that's a not-for-profit organization that provides physical and economical support to the people of South Nias and beyond. Oh my God, great. And then another little brain click connection. Moroccan argan oil is in the glow sticks. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a renowned beauty oil to strengthen, condition and pamper your complexion. So I know we've had this conversation before about makeup being like, why isn't it an extension of your skincare? Yeah. And or why why don't we think that it's why do we just kind of see it as something harmful potentially when it could also be really nourishing mm-hmm. and delightful? Then I'm like doing all this research, getting really deep with science and facts, and I realise that the Moroccan argan oil is from my favourite piece of Lush content ever made. Okay. So it's a video available on Lush Player mm-hmm. where it speaks to the women who make the argan oil. Elise has been a legend and got the clip has got the audio clip now obviously the women are speaking in their own languages mm-hmm. and the video is subtitled and has some really nice visuals but elisa's subbed has dubbed it with oh, her own wow. voice so we're gonna have a listen Thanks, Elise. because it's just dead lovely and it's just my absolute all-time fave and i love it class
As you reach this region, there are more argan trees. We consider this tree to be very important because it gives the best production and it provides a better financial income to this region. So this tree gives us the fruit of the argan oil. First, it is green on the tree when unripe. Then it turns yellow. Then when it becomes ripe, it turns brown. And then it falls to the ground. We collect argan from the ground, not from the tree. Taking it off the tree using a stick is a prohibited habit because it destroys the argan fruit for the following year. We feel happy. Sometimes, some women sing. We do not waste anything, so we de-husk the fruit and give the outer layer to sheep. Then we break the nutshell, which will be used as fuel for fire, and we extract the kernels. We accompany each other. Women break the shells of the argan nut. We don't disagree, and when there's a problem, we find a solution. We receive the kernels in fabric bags which we make especially for the union. They have a logo that shows how we maintain the quality of the product. Then they get checked, of course, and this step is repeated to make sure the kernels are totally clean before they are put into the cold pressing machine. If we want to make cosmetic argan oil, we don't toast the kernels. We put them directly into the pressing machine to produce oil. Argan is a divine gift. We don't give it anything, but we get a lot from it. It doesn't need constant care and it doesn't need cultivation. The argan tree takes care of everything. It is a sacred and honourable tree. So we say that this tree plays a role as a barrier between the land full of these trees and the desert. This is why it's so important to take care of this tree and make tree replanting programmes and bring it to life because she plays a very important role. What a beautiful clip. That's so nice. Yeah. And also just like the total respect and nurture of the of the tree. Yeah. And the world. Yeah. And each other. And sometimes we sing. And sometimes we sing. <laughs> she sounds like an awesome lady. I'd like to mm. meet her. They're all great. And also just Erica, who was part of the project for this buy-in film. I spoke to her about it because I was like, I love this clip. This is like, I'm a fangirl of this clip. Like everyone who I work with has seen this clip. <laughs> um, and she told me that sometimes when she goes on the buy-in trips, um, 
just being vegan because you're going to some like really rural areas is a bit difficult. And I remember, and I double fact checked with her um, yesterday, but when she went on this trip, the, a lot of, she was eating bread and oil a lot as like something to eat as a vegan and they had edible argan oil oh, wow. that she dipped her bread in and she said it was phenomenal and she said she's got some left over and, and? she said when I go to London I can have some <laughs> that's ultimate fangirling right there yeah yeah class but I just think that's an absolutely lovely video and I just love it's that empowerment of women making the or like you know sourcing and making the ingredients to go into products you know it's... and then it goes on my face and yeah. I'm literally glowing yeah that's really cool. Like inside and out. They, so when you buy the glow sticks, they come in the little paper boxes as mm-hmm. well. Which, which are totally recyclable. So you can just, you can use those to sort of transport it around yeah, in yeah. your bag and then you can just recycle the cardboard out. Yeah. That's amazing. And that again goes back full circle into what we were saying at the beginning. Like if you don't bring home the plastic in the first place, you don't have to deal with getting rid of it. Yeah. And Giles is right in what he's saying. Like, just because it's not in your possession anymore doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It is also, as a side note, Plastic Free July. Whoop, whoop. So there's a website called, do you know the website now? Is it, pla- I think it's PlasticFreeJuly.org. Yeah, PlasticFreeJuly.org is a website and there's top tips on how to reduce your plastic. And you can even sign up and like be involved with like all people all over the world who are proposing to go plastic free for July. Class. So... Where we can't have naked, we're looking at alternative uh-huh. packaging solutions. So, of course, we have our black pots, mm-hmm. which if you bring five into store... You get a wee face mask, treat yourself. You get yourself, a face mask. And then they all go back into the clo- into the uh, recycling system. Amazing. This is where I get science. And f- I'm just going to access the part of my brain... Okay, access me- the science. Channel the science. I'm going to access the science and facts part of my brain that makes me speak like I'm reading from something, but actually it's just science and fact. <laughs> so... I'm interested in the fact that the ribbons that we use on our products are from of the satin and gross grain variety and are made from plastic bottles collected in Italy. That's class. They are transformed into a PET plastic yarn and turned into ribbons. We also source ribbons from a third generation family business in Germany. How adorable. Amazing. Another interesting thing that we use, segway, is cork. Yes, the cork pots. The cork pots. And it does things that other materials can't do. Okay. I don't want to give any spoilers. Here comes the cork. We are so excited by this project. I mean, as regenerative materials go, cork bark is at the very top of that list. The detrimental effect of plastic packaging has been well documented recently. So we need to find more regenerative materials like cork the biodegrade naturally back into the ground. So we worked very closely uh, in collaboration with Eco Interventions. Um, This is a a not-for-profit organisation based in Portugal uh, and they're doing some fantastic work uh, with rewilding and also re-educating farmers um, in Alentejo uh, just south of Lisbon. We actually gave them some of of our products and said look guys we love this material what can we make with it what can we do with it um, they went away and developed that and came to us with this, with this super product. We are concentrating on the very natural cork bark of the tree. So we're basically harvesting from the cork bark. The tree isn't killed. We take the cork bark, we boil it, it's flattened, and we're literally popping out our cork pots from that cork bark. It's a really natural production line. Not all cork products on the market will remain as natural as this. 
Lots of bags, belts and shoes are made from a cork granulate, which is bound together with an epoxy resin. This takes away all the natural biodegradability of the material. We love cork. It's a, it's a super material to work with. So here I am, not with Olivia, not in Belfast, but now with Nick Gummery in Poole. That was that was me time travelling, just think. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to finish this week's episode on a slightly different note because we really wanted to continue the conversation that we just heard from Nick Gummery in the previous clip. And we realised that the court project's come a long way since its humble beginnings. So I thought I would catch up with Nick and Paul. So Nick, earlier in this episode of the Lush podcast, we included a clip from a short film about the packaging power of cork. So we thought it would be nice to catch up with you now in July 2019 uh, to get some more scoop on where it's at currently, especially because there's something very exciting happening in Pool this week involving the shipment of some cork. Absolutely. Um, so let's get stuck in uh, with the first question. Um, I was wondering if you could talk to me about the key benefits of us using cork from a Lush perspective. So what about this material creates a positive impact? Okay, well, that's, that's, there's quite a few ways of answering that question because it does impact in a positive way in different areas. Um, from a customer point of view, we're offering them a piece of regenerative packaging that is basically worry-free. So they can, obviously it's a sundry, so they reuse it. So obviously the idea is they have naked product and they keep refilling their cork pot. So it gets rid of all that single-use packaging. So that's, that's the key first thing. Secondly, it also, um, at the end of its life, whenever it starts to degrade, maybe three, four years time, you can chuck it over your shoulder if you like, close your eyes, <laughs> wherever it lands, nature will deal with it. No, but, but, but seriously, it's, um, it, the, the idea of regenerative packaging is that when it returns to the earth, nature deals with it. Nature is our recycling centre. It's the best recycling centre we have, you know, and anything that nature produces, it deals with. So, you know, so that's what we do. So we, we use natural materials that, that, that nature can deal with and recycle for us. They biodegrade back into the soil. And when they biodegrade back into the soil, they actually add some nourishment back into our soil. Because obviously we know about the, the, the global problem of soil degradation. So we're trying to do in some way uh, reverse that. Can you give us a little update on where the project's at currently since it started? Yeah, no, we've made some big moves recently. Um, just a bit of background, obviously, we work directly with rewilders. So our cork, pot, our, sorry, our cork pot manufacturers are actually a rewilding team. What they're doing is they're informing farmers on sustainable and regenerative farming practices. And they're collecting seeds from the land that they work on. And they have these huge tree nurseries and they're replanting indigenous species of trees all over the Alentejo in Portugal. They're taking out the invasive species and they're bringing back the biodiversity to the land that a lot of the farming practices are taking away. So we basically turned them in back, well, we turned them into cork pot manufacturers in order to give them an income stream so they can really, their work can be far more effective so they can spread their work for, through far more uh, areas of the, of the Alentejo. Did you say tree nursery? Yeah, they have tree nurseries. That's nursery. so cute! Yeah, that's what they call them, yeah. So they have, they've already, already due to the direct sales of cork pots uh, to us, they've replanted 20,000 trees on the island wow. edge. So, um, so I'm just really looking forward to getting it out in more and more stores um, around the world and, and, and through the UK and is, Europe. Is the plan for the future for it to kind of go, cork pots go global? 
Um, is yeah, that the we, hope? We, we, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. What, what, I, what really is important is that we prove that it's a bona fide piece of, of packaging mm. and it's not just an exclusive. And it's sort of like a template for the future of possibilities oh, of different types of absolutely. like regenerative packaging. Um, yeah. Right, moving on to more exciting news. Can you tell me a bit about what's happening in Pool this week with this magical boat that's coming in? <laughs> yeah, it is hugely exciting um, um, on a number of different levels. Um, but we have a 1916 schooner called the SV uh, Gallant um, that sailed from Sinish Harbour in Portugal on June the 3rd, arriving in Pool Harbour on Thursday the 4th of July okay um, and it, it's got other 6,000 cork parts it's got some sustainable forestry stylish blocks which we, which we use in our in our stores it's got 11 tons of salt that we use <laughs> so did it stop on the way and pick up some bits well, or the majority of stuff was, was loaded at Sinesh okay. but it has it, it is it's not chartered just for us it's, it's there's, there's other companies goods on there as well there's some olive oil and some white wine on there some Portuguese wine um, so it, it, yeah, so it, it stopped off in a Porto, and then went across to Normentier in, in France. It picked up some Irish moss for, hey! for us. I don't know why we're picking up in, in, in France, but we do. Uh, but so if you pick up your Irish moss in France. Yes. I could have brought it over for you on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so and then it sailed into Penzance, and it, it arrived, and it's currently moored off Studland Bay, waiting to come in. To, uh, well, I'm going to go out on a, on a boat with my good colleague Agnes from the buying team and we've got a TV and press with us and all sorts going out to, to the boat. And the decision to do this, like, um, it's sort of linked to carbon footprint, isn't it? Like, Absolutely. What was, what was the decision? Well, uh, well, uh, uh, from a transportation point of view, um, um, Simon Constantine, obviously my boss um, of buying, he wanted to was to dip our toes into obviously um, some ways of moving um, goods and our cargoes without having any detriment effect on the environment. And of course, the first thing you think of is, is sale, obviously. Um, um, so it doesn't emit any carbon whatsoever. So that was an idea. We want to see and, and test the waters of, of doing that more often. Um, also sharing a boat with another company. Yeah, it's quite nice, that, isn't it? Yeah, like that yeah. idea of like if we can do things like that we can all reduce our carbon footprint if Absolutely. we can share and that's what lush is all about right we want to prove to other companies you know and just prove that things can be done in a different way you yeah. know you don't have to follow the norm and that's what we do quite a lot of at lush <laughs> so that's good from that point of view and obviously every every item that we ship um on that boat then that has um, an effect on its carbon footprint of that actual item itself and the mm-hmm. carbon status of that of that um item or material because you look at embodied energy, you look at the carbon status of materials, and that—that's all about the amount of energy that's gone into make it or to grow it. And of course, the, the less the, the less impact that you, that you have, um, the less embodied energy in a product, you know, it, the better it is for the environment. So that's what we want to go to, and that's what we're working on with the cork pot. And hopefully, you know, we may find out that it's actually carbon sequestering rather than actually. So it's actually locking in more carbon than it's that's taken to make it and transport it. Wow. Um, so um, that's more news on that will be coming soon. We're talking to the Carbon Trust to get some some um, data on carbon for the cork pot verified. It's looking quite positive at the moment. Literally, um, literally looking carbon positive. So <laughs> watch the space for a full full confirmation of that. Um, I'm really pleased with where we are. The expansion program is underway, and as I say, in, in 12 months' time, we hope to be up, all going well. Fingers crossed, and everything else up to around half a million. Pots a year. If we, if we get there, I'll be super chuffed, and we should have them in, in an awful lot of lush stores around around certainly in the UK and around Europe, and hopefully around the world too. Amazing! Thank you so much for your time, Nick. It's a pleasure.
Thank you for listening to the Lush Podcast with me, Olivia Graham, and the glorious Nuala Davies. Today's episode was edited by Elise McKenna with music by the Fresh Handmade Collective. For more information on today's episode, check out the links in the description below. If you like what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe. And if you'd like to hear more podcasts by Lush, you can download the free Lush Player app, available for both Android and Apple. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.